My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Welcome to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. I'm Cam. And I'm Robert. In every episode, we're bringing you faith stories and fishing memories from some amazing members of the fishing community. So join us as we shed a positive light on all things faith and fishing. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. I'm Cam. Hey, and I'm Robert. And we have a really, really fun episode for you this week. Uh, but first, uh, a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, first thing I want to mention is uh, Jackson Orr's uh, uh, Catch Charity Tournament. Um, we have been uh, trying to get a hold of, of Jackson to have him on the show, and uh, it just... It has not worked out. We had him scheduled for for one time, and it was like the stars aligned, and he was able to go fishing with his dad, and it was beautiful weather and everything. I was like, "Dude, go fishing with your dad." Um, and shout out to Jim Orr. He and uh, he and Jackson recently took uh, first and second in was it a was it a Hobie BOS tournament? Uh, uh, Robert, I remember them doing that. I don't remember which tournament it was in. Um, but yeah, shout sounds out to right. Them. Though uh, shout out to them for doing that. But uh, catch his his catch tournament kayak anglers together can help. Um, it's an awesome charity event. Uh, it takes place um, the weekend of the. Uh, I think it starts the twenty eighth, goes through the thirtieth. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but his um, the links to that will be in the show notes for this episode, so you can go sign up. Um, even if you are not planning on fishing the tournament, I encourage you to go uh, sign up for the tournament because. Uh, how that how those tournaments work is the top uh, the top anglers get to choose where their percentage of the winnings go to what charity they will donate to. Um, so everybody gets to fish for their own charity, which is really awesome. Um, last year and the f- last fall, um, we had uh, a bunch of really awesome local ministries that got donated to uh, Save JT got donated to. So. Um, Definitely, uh, definitely go check that out. Use the link in the show notes to, to check that out. And I promised it on last last week's episode, and I realized uh, about an hour ago that I did not put that link in the show notes for uh, last week's episode. So I'll go back. By the time you're listening to this, it will be in the last week's show notes. But um, yeah, um, Robert, how's it going, man? Have you gotten a chance to fish since we last talked? Dude, I went to the pond by work today and. Uh, I was just really wasn't having that good a day at work. And I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to lose my mind on somebody or I could go sink a Cinco for a little bit and see. So I went right in the middle of the day and I'm like, I'm surely I can get a couple and threw around, got a couple of small dinks. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to change to a Texas rig and just bomb it out there in the middle and see if it, this hot weather's moved those bass out to the middle. And I ended up, as actually it was they weren't in the middle or the one I caught wasn't, but I ended up getting uh it's probably a four pounder. Um so yeah, that was enough to get my my nerves calmed back down and so then I I went back to work after that little lunch break. So For sure, for sure. I have not gotten a chance to do any fishing, but I have been um getting ready for for Saturday and the Raleigh Rumble tournament. Um 
going after uh, going after that one, trying to get uh, trying to bring home a, a win on that one. And I guess this episode will air after, after. So I can I can yeah. say <laughs> now that I am going to you guessed it, Lake Crabtree. I knew and, he was going to go um, to Crabtree. <laughs> so here's the thing: that so for those those two those five lakes, there are two of them that I'm familiar with. And one of them was super crowded last year and I didn't go to it. I went to Lake Crabtree last year. There were two of us on the whole lake. Yeah. And no everybody that I talked to, nobody likes that lake except for me. So um, yeah, so it'll probably be the same too this year because I know he likes that lake too. And and uh, well, if you're anywhere on the water with him, you're you're in good company and you're around fish. So absolutely. I mean, if it was only you two, maybe it'll be only you two guys again. And um, it suits our style very well. Yeah, um, it does. It really yeah. does. But yeah, so um, you'll you'll have you'll have fun there. Uh, but I predict uh, the winner will be off of Lake Wheeler again. You think so? so? Yeah, and I think it'll be dragging a jig in the middle of the lake because if I was going, we had baseball on Saturday, so there's no no way uh, the schedule came out. I think there's an eleven o'clock game and a three o'clock game, so. If we had late games, I was going to come fish half the day and then go, but um, it's there. Uh, there's no way I can fish it, but I'm I'm going to go with Lake Wheeler for the win. So we'll see. We'll see if we're right. I, I well, hopefully you're right. I'm wrong. I'm hopefully the maybe, win is maybe you're right, but I will tree. say this: in the middle of the summertime, you cannot pay me to fish in the middle of Lake Wheeler because <laughs> it is like it's two football fields long, and they allow wakeboarding on it and like wake boats on it and it's like no yeah not a chance you would not, have them you would already have them caught by the time the wake boats came you you'd be <laughs> done by 9 30 10 o'clock but we'll we'll see i you know the um i forget the damien he fishes there all the time so i would say he didn't do that good last year but i'd say watch out for damien i know oh. he's gonna fish it and he's gonna fish wheeler because he lives right there yeah and he, uh he's the one who yeah. took the wildcats on it last year so yeah he's one so, to watch out for uh, for yeah. for sure but um, it'll be fun i'll absolutely. be watching absolutely well let's uh let's thank a couple sponsors and then let's uh let's let's get things started with uh with this week's guest If a fly rod is your weapon of choice, check out Atollus. Their fly caddy is the most convenient way to get your favorite flies to the water or just keep them handy by clipping it to your hat, truck visor, backpack, rod case, or just whatever. You can also bundle it up with flies from independent fly tires that Atollus has teamed up with through their Fly Light project. Choose from bundles specializing in redfish, carp, saltwater, or freshwater. Head over to atolas.co, that's A-T-O-L-L-A-S dot C-O, to get your fly caddy today and use promo code FAITHINFISH15 to save 15% on your order. That's FAITH, the letter N, FISH, the number 1-5 at checkout for 15% off. A huge selection and crazy fast shipping is already enough to turn heads as an online tackle shop. But Omnia Fishing sets themselves apart with their ambassador program. With Omnia, you can send in fishing reports for your local lakes that recommend baits, structure, tactics, and gear. And when another angler takes your advice and purchases something from your report, you get credit for it to spend at Omnia. The best part means that with Omnia Fishing, you can shop by lake and purchase baits and gear that are proven to work where you're fishing. 
To get started, go to omniafishing.com and use promo code FNF15 to save 15% on your first order. All right, so before we uh, get our guests introduced, I should say um, I am dealing with some sort of summer um, summer sinus thing going on. And I just took a, uh, a, a sinus medication that breaks things up a lot. So uh, I'm going to try to be quick on the the mute button so that you don't have to listen to any sniffles. But if all, of a, sudden, were... if all of a sudden <laughs> I go out, um, it, yeah. that just means that... Cool. That the uh, that the the dam broke. It's and working. I need to go. Uh, yeah, I need to go. I thought you were going to say we had to keep you awake if you start dozing off and kind of poke <laughs> you a little bit. But uh, hit the mute button if you need to. It will be good. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so this week uh, we are we are excited to uh, to bring Darren Wendell on of uh, Wendell Fishing. So he. Um, he has been killing it with his his podcast lately, which is how I found him, uh, because I think um, I think we were actually supposed to have the creek crawler on one night, and it was supposed to be right after he got off with uh, with this other live show. And I think he was kind of uh, he was like, you know what? I think two in one night is a is is too much. So. Um, so we ended up rescheduling. And so I was like, well, I have to go find out who stole my guest out from under me. And, <laughs> and I sat there and I binged <laughs> such a fantastic show. And he, he said, Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, reach out, I'd like to hear from you. So I did. Uh, and he was like, Oh, well, that's awesome. Tell me about your podcast. And I told him a little bit and he was like, that sounds right up my alley. And I was like, well, I, we would love to have you on the show. He said, well, I'll come on yours if you come on mine. And uh, so last night uh, we were on a on a live show for Kayak Fishing Obsessed, with it, which is his podcast and his his live show. So we're going to bring him on now. Darren, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, a long time no see. I think 24 hours ago we were talking to each other. So this is great. <laughs> That's right. We're best buds now. Yeah, man. So to get us started, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us who Daryl Wendell is. And if I am, if it's Wendell and not Wendell, let me know. We're in North Carolina, so we've seen it pronounced probably three different ways. <laughs> I go by it all. You know, basically, if it sounds and resembles anything like Wendell or Wendell, um, I go by it. But it's Wendell, Wendell Fishing. A lot of people think that's my first name because that's the channel name. And I actually have like three first names, Darren david wendell so people get confused all the time but uh my story is that what you're looking for my story kind of into fishing well just kind of tell us who you are uh yeah yeah, tell us how you got into fishing and and what brought about wendell fishing yeah who i am that's a great question so got into fishing i remember just when i was 13 14 years old my pops got me into fishing and we would drive down to the end of our street there'd be this like bar slash we also sell minnows slash it's like a drive-through to get all your beer and stuff so we like drive through to get our minnows (laughs) drive 10 minutes down the road and my grandfather had a neighbor who owned a pond that was never fished and so we throw these minnows in and pop throw them in pop i mean i just remember it never took long to catch a bass they're all the same size so between that minnow and a tube bait, I slayed bass 
all the way through high school. And that's really what it was. Two bait or minnow, that's all I knew. And so I've had this ebb and flow of fishing ever since. And I really got back into it um, back in 2018, really specializing in my love for kayak fishing. And so that's a really high level. There's a lot of a lot of stories in there. But I'm from Northeast Ohio. I do a lot of my fishing up here. Um, kayak fishing is my favorite, followed by close second. I love river kind of creek fishing, really starting to get into that. Um, I'm traveling here in a few weeks ago in the middle of Pennsylvania to go kind of river fishing there. The water's low and the smallmouth are large and the trout are awesome. And I'm just, we go for like three days with a pastor friend of mine about a half hour away. And last couple of years we have slated. And so just incredible elk are coming out and like getting water in the morning and I'm just casting, you know, oh, wow. that it, sounds it's, awesome. it's pretty yeah. No cell phone service. That's pretty awesome as well. Uh, yeah. That's um, the best. I usually tell that I tell everyone anyways, I don't typically have cell phone service, even though I may have cell phone service. Cause I'm just not going to pick up the phone. <laughs> I'm sure. My wife, <laughs> what a vision. So, but yeah, so uh, I, I am a, uh, it's not my full-time gig. Uh, I want it to be someday, but I work for a ministry called prison fellowship. And so uh, essentially I work with um, the organization's, um, individuals who support the ministry in a significant way and I make sure they're connected in a meaningful way. And so I do that with about 150 of uh, the clients there. And I've been fundraising for about 15 years. Prior to that, I was a youth pastor, student minister for five years. And I went to school for uh, a major in youth and family ministries and ministerial Bible. And so I've been in ministry for a very, very long time. And uh, married to my wife, Danielle, got two kids, seven and five. It's my dream that someday they will take over my channel, but I'm no longer able to do it anymore. But I think that's just my dream. My wife keeps saying that that's, that's great, Darren. <laughs> I understand that's your dream. <laughs> that might not be their dream, but still, back in my head, it's my dream. So that's a little about me. Yeah, for sure. So, um, tell us, tell us a little bit about the, the channel. Um, how did that kind of get started? Where did that idea come from? And, uh, what kind of, what kind of videos y'all have up there? Yeah, I don't get to answer this a whole lot. Uh, every once in a while, I kind of share it in little bits and pieces. It started back, oh, let me see, about three years ago. Um, I resigned from a previous job of mine. And my wife and I sold our house because we thought we were going to have to move for my position. Uh, I was in more of a senior leadership role and I didn't love working offsite. And so we thought, well, if I'm, if I'm going to get a job somewhere, we're going to move so I can actually work in the office. So I don't get passed over for opportunities just by being out of sight of the mind. So we sold our house. And we moved in with my mother and father-in-law down in West Virginia. And about three months into living there, uh, my father-in-law passed unexpectedly from a heart attack in, in the home. And that was a tough time. And um, it was it was that kind of realization for me. And it, this was like a month or two past, you know, after his passing. I was just thinking, you know, I love, I really love fishing. I want to be able to teach my, my kids someday about fishing. Well, they might not want to learn when I'm around, right? I might. I might not be around. I mean, it was very clear in that moment that, okay, what, what is a way that I can kind of chronicle this for them? Like, well, YouTube, 
So it was like, sweet. So I started doing YouTube videos on fishing. Like, how do you take your kids fishing and so forth? And I had my kids in some of the videos with me and hear their cute little voices when they're five and six. And, and so that was awesome. And then my wife and I started getting into uh, discussions about how much money I was spending on fishing. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, well, I'll just monetize. Right. So those who aren't familiar on the podcast, to monetize your YouTube channel, you have to have 1,000 subscribers. I actually just lowered that recently. So that's that's false. But you have to have like 4,000 uh, watch hours and a given year rolling. And so um, at one year in, I was able to meet that. And I was like, oh, wow. And it wasn't like, but a couple months later, I'm like, wait a second. This is a growing. Like, I can see the projection of this. Back in the day, if you were to ask me the question like three or four years ago, Darren, what would you love to do? If, you know, if you could do anything, I'd be like, oh, I'd be a professional fisherman. But that was like so ludicrous at the time because you weren't a professional fisherman unless you won tournaments. That's how it's been for, you know, a decade ago. Um, not today. You don't even have to enter a single tournament and you can go full-time fishing. And I was thinking, I can do this now. There is a path for a guy like me who doesn't really even like tournaments and doesn't really get um, involved with knowing the names and how, you know, professional fish, I appreciate what they do. It's just not my scene, but there's a path for a guy like me to actually go full-time on this. And so did the quick math. Like I can do this. I can go full-time in three years, three to five years. That was two and a half years ago. And I believe I'm on track for another about two years, maybe less to do this thing. And so that's kind of been, the story I've been grinding incredibly hard. I mean, three shorts a day, a live show on Tuesday and two long form videos a week. And I've been keeping that pace up, even though everyone's like, Oh no, don't do that. Don't do that. I was like, That's fine. You don't have to do that, but I'm going to out outwork you. <laughs> All right. There's guys out there who are willing to do that. I'm going to outgrind. I'm going to out strategize. And so, um, Lord's been good to the channel. Um, kayak fishing, for the weekend warrior, if you're if you're looking for a channel like that, that's what that's what my I got 700 videos on the subject. So, fishing kayaks, lures, anything, how windy's too windy for kayak overviews, my setups. Uh, I just did one on my favorite lure, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, probably I'm sure. Um, but man, it's been an absolute blast. I would do it if I didn't get paid for it. Awesome. And I will say, uh, without a doubt, your hard work has, has, has paid off. I mean, you can tell how hard you work whenever you look at your, um, your, your channel and your, your brand and how you, how you present yourself and the consistency. And I mean, just the quality. Um, I mean, down to the, the things like, whenever you had us on your show, like the emails that you sent out a week in advance with, uh, with all of the instructions and how to do everything. And I was like, man, this guy, this guy's got it. Like Robert and I were just talking. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before about, um, how these guys that are out there making it, it may not necessarily be that they're better than you. They're just working harder than you. And you are one of those guys that is working harder than us. <laughs> and I'm not better. Trust me. I, I, I always tell people I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm usually the last one standing. And right. YouTube, that's what it takes. Yeah. Be the last one standing. 
Pat, I, you know, I think also that that's what people want. They want real people that to watch. I know when I'm going through videos on YouTube, I want something that's real. I don't want, um, you know, a flair or somebody like that who, you know, is a lot of times they're just putting on a show. I'd rather watch somebody who is, you know, I was going to ask you about this, but, you know, you're throwing a lose. Um, Xfinity rod. Yeah, Xfinity Heck rod. Yeah, I am. Because we just broke down like rods, and I have some super nice rods. And then even in the in our rod breakdown, I'm like, but this Xfinity rod has caught more fish than all of those other rods combined. <laughs> because I love, I don't know, I just, I like that. It, the, the reel on it is super smooth. And I just, and that's my wacky rig set up. I keep yeah. tied on all the time. So that's the reason it's caught more fish is probably not the rod and the reel, but what's always tied on that particular one. Um, but when I was going through your videos, I'm like, you know, that's what people want to see is, you know, not somebody out there in, you know, a $20,000 kayak with three screens hanging off of it. And some maybe talking over a lot of the audience's head, uh, you know, showing you how to do live scope, which, you know, only a small percentage of people have. But, you know, go out and just, you know, catch fish and, you know, people that's what people want to see. So, um, you know, I'm I'm in, in the same process as Cam was a couple of weeks back when he said he was binge watching. Like now I, every time that I'm scrolling, it's a short from you. It's a video <laughs> that's coming up. And I'm like, OK, well, you know, we'll just make this a uh, Wendell Fishing Day and we'll just watch as many as we can. So, uh, well, you know, I think it's I don't I don't know if I do it on purpose, it's not a strategy for me. But what you're referring to is being relatable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean. If you can walk down to Walmart and buy that X Xfinity rod for $70, that's the majority of people entering into the fishing um, kind of newbies. And that's where I like to stay, right? I have a yak rod. Guess what reel I have on it? You're going to laugh at me. I have the Xfinity reel yeah. <laughs> on my yak rod. Uh, I have other reels. I don't know if some reason... I mean, that I'm telling you that that's a good reel. I like yeah. I'll, I'll switch to another reel. Even I've had some Shimano's and stuff and I'll switch to that. And I'm like, damn, I like that Xfinity spinning reel better than than, you know, whatever other kind of one, you know, and it's crazy. I don't know. And now you can't find that that specific one anymore. At least I can't find that orange one anymore. But oh, really? I, I had two of them and now I'm down to one. I, I've wrecked one of them. So. I love the color. Everybody always asks me, what, what rod is that? It's like, it's, it's a, it's Xfinity rod here. Here's the Walmart link. Where you can yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, but I mean, like you said, that's, that's what, that's what the majority of people, cause I mean, whenever you look at, at anglers, there are, I don't even know how many people that are, that, that fish in the United States. And, I mean, people who are are fishing with a Walmart rod um, and like bobber and worms are probably what eighty percent of those people, if oh, not yeah. more. So oh, I mean, the ugly stick. People live and die by the ugly stick. Oh yes, oh yes. Whenever I first got into to fishing, like to the point where I I started 
doing more than than just um, than than just going out and fishing every once in a while, and I actually got really into it. Um, I was getting my buddy into it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, my cousin. He's 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 really big into fishing too. He's got an ugly stick." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Robert, you know why I love the Xfinity rod? I mean, what, it's 6'6", so it's not that long. Yeah, it's not um, long. But it's so light. And yeah, so as I get more and more into fishing, as then I get older and older, like I'll pick up that yak rod, and I had, I had a pen battle on it. It only weighed a pound total. But after a while, you're like, my old wrists are hurting me. Yeah. And so I like how light it is, and you just whip that thing around all day long. And when you land a four or five, I've caught six on it before, it bends over. <laughs> I mean, it does yeah. like a candy cane. and that's a that's the rod that i caught that i was that fish i had earlier that's oh, the yeah that's the rod i just keep it in the back of my truck all the time but then when i go out on the kayak it goes in the kayak <laughs> you know i mean i put it keep it in the back of the truck it rains on it it's been out in the weather the orange on it is so faded that mine looks pink now it doesn't even look <laughs> orange anymore because the sun has faded it so much and you know i'm just like it's just a knock around it's a good rod and reel you know i mean i'll be sad when it's no more but hopefully it'll hang in a little bit longer oh yeah for sure that's awesome all right so so darren let's uh let's kind of shift gears a little bit and dive into the face side of things yeah and uh, tell us tell us your faith story of like what is it that you believe in and how did you come to believe in it yeah you know my faith story comes from um i guess many stories i i grew up with my family going to church it was more of a kind of a Pentecostal church. I didn't know what that meant at that moment. Uh, I just remember going to church. I was involved in the church plays. And I remember, I mean, I was involved in a youth group in high school. And there was one particular defining moment for me is when the church split. And the pastor that my parents really liked um, left. And they stopped going. Um, and it was that moment. I remember I was 16 years old. I could, I could drive. And this was like, it's go time. Is, is, was, is this faith my parents' faith? Or do I get up on Sunday morning and hop in the car and drive myself to church to see if this thing is real for me? And that's what I did. I hopped in the car and drove myself to church on Sunday mornings. And it was like a half hour away. I was involved in the youth group. And I just remember, you guys remember Acquire the Fire by any chance of the huge conference back in the day? Oh, yeah. I do. And so yeah. that was the moment where, you know, come down front if you wanted to declare the Lord, you know, Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And I'm like, I am in. And I've, I've never looked back ever since. I uh, ended up going to Kentucky Christian University um, to get my double major because I loved the youth ministry so much. It had such an impact on my life. I wanted to lead that for other students. Um, and so a lot of people felt the calling to do that. So I went to school for youth and family ministries and ministerial majors, um, ministerial Bible majors at Kentucky Christian University. Had a fantastic four years, got my bachelor's there. And then I uh, had a weekend youth ministry when I was in when I was in college. And so that was awesome. Did that for two years. And then after that, did an internship on the west side of Indianapolis at uh, Kingsway Christian Church. And, and just all, all great experience. They kept me around for another year, did a residency. Uh, it was a fairly large youth group. There was like 100 high schoolers, another 140 junior hires. And so these were like 
large churches at this point, and then was able to um, land a position up in Wisconsin at Central Christian Church as a student pastor, like the student pastor. And before I told them, like, hey guys, before I before I come up there, I had heard a story of a guy who was doing a sermon, kind of practice sermons in our some of our classes. And he, he shared the story of how he was going to ride his bike across the United States and ended up getting scared like a weekend because he heard some weird noises outside of the tent and he quit. And that stuck with me. And so I told the, uh, the, the student ministry up in Wisconsin, I was like, I will start, but you got to wait three months because I had I to cycle across the country, 4,400 miles kind of as a, at that time it was, Lord, kind of leave me. If you put me in front of someone who's hungry, I'll feed him. If you put me inside of someone who needs prayer, I'll do that. I was just kind of really open and I was getting a lot of tension because as I was riding across the United States, literally going the Trans-American Trail from Oregon, like the Myrtle Beach, um, I would pick up a license plate because they're all over the road and I tie it to my Bob trailer on the back of my touring T2000 bicycle. And people are like, you know, I'm like three or four states in. They're like, no way. You traveled from where? And it, I'd have conversations everywhere, everywhere I went. So that was a fantastic three months. I journaled that. I always wanted to put it in a book. So it was such defining, so defining for me. Um, but I, I'm cruising to the story here just for the sake of time. But then finished that up. Uh, did two years um, youth ministry at Central Christian Church. Had a great experience there, but really had that itch to... I remember doing my devotionals every morning and I was reading God's word where I was saying, um, you know, I was just being challenged um, through just realizing I was one of the most, the wealth, one of the wealthiest people on the planet, just by being an American period and being challenged by what gifts and passions the Lord's given me and how am I supposed to turn around and use those to serve him. And so all these questions kind of running through my mind, and I really came to the conclusion after about six months, like, okay, the Lord made me an athlete. A long, I love the long distance endurance challenges, and I can use these to serve his kingdom by doing fundraisers. And so I don't know if you guys have, I don't think we've talked about this last night, but since then I have walked across the country, took me 374 days, climbed Kilimanjaro three times. These are all fundraisers, swam 50.6 miles across Lake Michigan, uh, nonstop, um, what are some other ones? Oh, I ran a hundred marathons in a hundred days cross country and hiked the Appalachian trail. Like I've done a ton. This is like my resume of long distance endurance challenges and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for ministries that I cared about. Uh, primarily those providing clean water internationally. And so after, uh, after my youth ministry, I did the walk across the country. And after that, I started a nonprofit back in 2018 that served, um, that really came alongside the athletic lifestyle and kind of doing crowdsourcing. So if you want to run a marathon or, or, or do a double century ride, we would set you up with the fundraising pages and, you know, organize it and give you everything you need to fundraise. And then we help provide clean water wells in Africa and, um, you know, Tanzania, Uganda, Ethiopia, and Cambodia. And so my faith story has been really one from, from the, time since I can remember to being involved in supporting ministries through, through either athletic adventures or through fundraising ever since. Man, it was a long story, but hopefully that was all right. Well, what do you want to breath? You're like, 
I, I mean, where to where to start on that? But I'm uh, yeah, for real. I'm totally intrigued in the uh, across America deal. I mean, what if you had that chronicled on YouTube videos? How many millions of views would that get on any of those trips? Well, I can tell you, it it would be millions and millions of views, and you would already be done. You know, on your three to five year journey, you'd be done. <laughs> I got it. Me and my wife are we are set. And in our heads, we're going to do the Appalachian Trail. And so I started binging Appalachian Trail YouTubers and they have, I mean, tons of views on on a lot of these people. And you can just follow them across and they post videos, you know, every two or three days. They'll, they'll get somewhere and they'll they'll be able to upload a video. And I've had so much fun just watching, you know, we, we have about three or four that we watch, um, you know, on a consistent basis. And it's just fun to see those, um, to see how it affects them. And, you know, some of them, it breaks them down, but mm-hmm. all of them, when you spend that much time doing something, uh, almost all of them, it brings them closer to the Lord. And mm-hmm. I don't, it's just something about the outdoors. It's something about challenging yourself um, that, that seems to do that. But, man, what a, what an awesome story. You know, Robert, I have a dream. This is goes along with the dream. All my dreams usually involve my girls doing something crazy with me. And um, if they were ever to say, like, in between high school and, and college, hey, Dad, I want to hike the Appalachian tra- Trail with you, I would quit whatever I'm doing. Oh, yeah. And take six months off and do it. And if I'm full-time on YouTube, which I hope I am by then, uh, I would do fishing the Appalachian Trail. So get a little collapsible pool. And just do all the videos of fishing all the waterfalls and ponds and lakes all along the way. I think that'd be a blast. You can do it together. I have a feeling. I have a feeling you'll be able to do that by the time uh, you know, in between high school and college. I think you'll be. You're well on your way. You keep up the pace you're at. You won't have any problem doing that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, for sure. And there are y'all y'all talking about doing the Appalachian Trail and and uh, you. Yeah, marathons and and biking across the country and stuff. Y'all are a completely different breed um, <laughs> than than I am. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm I love like reading reading books from people who have done these kinds of things and stuff. Um, but it, it's not something that I have a desire to do myself. But I mean. It's, it's, it's super inspiring to hear it, um, from, from other people's perspectives, um, hearing what they encountered and, um, how they encountered God on those trips and, and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing that makes me like, it's just so far beyond what, not only what I'm capable of, but what I ever have a desire to do that it makes me go, just sit back and just be like, wow. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but yeah, I am, I'm super, uh, super thankful that there are those who, who are the, the kinds of doers that do that kind of thing. Um, I'm the kind of doer that shops at Home Depot. So <laughs> get it done. Yeah. That's but you, you would be surprised at the, you would be surprised at the parallels on, on fishing and kayak fishing and doing something like getting into marathons or, or triathlons. That's what my wife, I mean, I fish and my wife does some 
triathlons and some marathons. She's done a half Ironman. Mm -hmm. So I, I help her train for those. And I've done one half marathon and I'm like, yeah, I got that box check. I don't need to run that far again. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm good. But, I, but I will do some races with her every once in a while. We did uh, Cooper river bridge runs 10 K over the Cooper river bridge in Charleston, South Carolina it was a ton of fun, but uh you know, I see her when she does that. It's like it's like me and fishing and kayak fishing. Um, you just get that adrenaline rush out of it, and you feel a sense of accomplishment. You know, like a good day out on the water. Uh, so I can totally see. And you, you, you don't think you could, Cam, but I'm telling you, if I can do it, anybody, anybody can do it because I am like huge and probably you know, not at my ideal weight. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you guys hear a funny story. You reminded me something um, when it comes to like, Hey, if you had YouTube whenever you did the Appalachian trail, I did the Appalachian trail in 2008. And I remember, check this out. <laughs> you know, Robert, you appreciate this. Cause you're doing the deep dive, you know, pack weight is everything. Oh yeah. Ounces matter. Like people are cutting off half their toothbrush. Like that's how much this stuff like matters. Um, and, <laughs> but bro over here, like, hey, I got to update my Zanga <laughs> while I'm gone because that's what was up and going then was Zanga. Um, MySpace was just coming to the scene, but Zanga was still hanging on, and that's what I had. And so I literally packed a computer, a laptop in my backpack and oh, started gosh. out with that. And if you guys know anything about the Appalachian Trail, about a week into the Appalachian Trail, there's this outfitter, and they do something called the Shakedown. And so essentially what they'll do is they'll take everything in your backpack, lay it on the floor and be like, okay, you're not going to make it <laughs> if you're carrying that, that, this, this, and this, you don't need it. And of course, what you do need is this $150, you know, four ounce stove right here. And I'll sell it to you in a moment. And they've seen plenty enough. A lot of them have hiked the Appalachian Trail themselves. So when they pulled out my laptop, they about lost it. Like what in the world? <laughs> this That's good pound, stuff. Eight pound laptop. I was getting ready to say laptops in 2008 were not, no. uh, not tiny or light. <laughs> no, and like charger cord was an extra pound. It was, it was silly. I started getting smart, started shipping it in those there flat rate boxes <laughs> to the next post office, like a week away. And then I spent all day typing up my Zanga. So that was how it was done back in circa 2008. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Robert and, and Darren, let me put it to you this way. If you ever see me running, it's probably a good idea to run in the same direction. And it's probably a good idea to run faster than me. Got it. <laughs> most likely something's chasing me. I can do that. I, I, I joke that speed has never been my defining attribute. And I, uh, I joke that my fight or flight instinct changed to a fight instinct a long time ago because I'm not out running much of anything. Well, well hold up. Because on the show last night... You're like, we're talking about pedal drives and the new EPDL from Old Town. And you're like, I'm a paddle, paddle only purist. Like, that's work, brother. <laughs> so you, you must not mind a little bit of work or a lot of work on a windy day. Oh, I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind work. I just don't like running. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we are uh, we are going to we've got a couple questions that we always ask every every guest, um, and uh, I want to make sure that we get your answers as well. Um, what fishing story or memory means the most to you? 
Ooh, it just happened like a month ago. So I've taken my girls. So I, my oldest is seven. Her name's Mercy. And my youngest is five. five. Her name is River. And we, we've caught bluegill and all that stuff, crappie and catfish. But they caught their first bass like a month ago. So I was like, okay, where can I take them? You know, as a father, when you're taking your kids out for fishing for the first time, as much as you love it, you're like, I can't take them to a place you're going to get skunked. They'll never want to go back out with me. So I'm like, I got to find the honey hole of all honey holes. So about seven months ago, one of my buddy's father bought this property and it had a 12 acre lake that hasn't been fished in like 20 years. So I'm like, that's the place. So I take them over there, throw on the wacky worm. And I'm like, okay, Mercy, get over here. She can cast really good. So cast this out, tug, tug, reel, reel, tug, tug, reel, reel. And boom, got a hit first cast. I'm like, oh yes. Thank you, Lord. I was like, come here river. She had her little pole that she won in the tournament. Um, she threw it out, tug, tug, reel, reel, smash, another bash, smashes it. And they were just like every cast, large mouth bass were smashing these things. And it was like, you, you probably, and every, I know a lot of people have that picture, right? With their dad, with their mom or grandpa or grandma with their first fish. And when my wife took that, I'm like, they're going to remember this kind of forever. Uh, at least I hope they will. Like that'll be the photo when I'm long gone maybe where we caught our first bass together. So that was just a month ago. And so that meant a whole lot with both of them. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. I know Cam is, is the same, you know, with his younger, young son and, uh, you know, getting, so I see him, he'll send me pictures like, ah, we went today and we got, we got some bluegill and, uh, you know, Henry is uh, holding it up and he's got a grin on there. And, Uh, you know, I'll look back and I'll, scroll through and that's a good thing about google photos you can put in like fish and it'll search for fish and then it'll bring up all the pictures of fish and then you can like i'll scroll back to when my kids were little and we used to go out on this little john boat and mm-hmm. there's one picture of my daughter and she's holding up a bluegill and she has her the bluegills here and her hand is beside it and she's trying to show that it's as big as her hand and then her mouth is like <laughs> like that that's the best it's the best picture so that's a great story um another question that we we ask is uh when you're on the water what do you usually talk about with the whoever you're fishing with what's your conversation usually like oh i've never been asked that question before um usually when i go out with individuals in the water lately they have been um channel subscribers I, I call them community members. I never call them subscribers. So, and so a lot of times they're just really interested in kind of the behind the curtain of YouTube. So that's a lot of our conversations. Latest gear. I uh, just found out that one of my friends that I went, I've been going fishing with for a couple of times, um, found out that both of us were Christ followers. And like, he's like, I know that's why I felt a connection like with you. Um, and so we started sharing a little bit of that. And so we have a connection now that was kind of neat that we did, didn't realize necessarily at first. And so it really can go here this way or that way, but it's been nice. I find a couple other men of faith who I didn't know they were men of faith. And so we started fishing together. And so, you know, I've always hoped that the channel just wouldn't be like Wendell fishing. And when you go there, it's just kayak fishing, right? 
I would imagine that when you follow, there's a ton of other people doing kayak fishing channels. Some of them are very similar content content that I do. And so you have a lot of choices. I would imagine that the people who choose to watch Wendell fishing is that, you know, your vibe kind of attracts your tribe is what they say. And so I would imagine that they, you know, through the way I conduct myself, I mean, I don't, I don't have no need to curse. I try to provide people with respect. If you honor me by writing a comment, I'm going to honor you back or writing you back. Try to be encouraging. I don't feed the trolls. Don't get into those conversations. And so I try to, I try to communicate that. And so when you guys asked me to be on the show and I had the opportunity to share that, yeah, I'm a Christ follower and that's something that's really important to me. I was like, I, I need more of these opportunities. I need to, I need to really, I'm praying the Lord provides those opportunities in the comments. And it really needs to be a little bit more strategic. And how, how do I, how do I communicate these things uh, a little bit more direct instead of indirect? So it's been an interesting journey for me. That's awesome. It, uh, your vibe, but what did you say? Your, your vibe, vibe attracts your tribe. I love that. I love yeah. that. And I mean, one. and so as somebody who has like, before I really got into podcasts, I was really into YouTube videos and I, I, it was a time where I had more time to sit down and watch YouTube videos. And, and I got to the point where, you know, these people who were living, um, they lived halfway across the country. Like I felt like I knew them. Like I, 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 I still, I still catch myself doing it. Like I'll listen to a podcast and I'll say, yeah, I've got a buddy who lives in such and such. And it's like, I've never talked to them before. Never met them before. To their podcast. Um, and it's like, whenever you're a genuine person and you, uh, you're relatable and everything, people feel like they know you. And that's something that I feel like you, you really excel at on your channel is, is um, like you're, you're approachable and like, people who people who watch your videos feel like they are part of the community. They do feel like they, they, they know you and they have a relationship with you, even if they've never commented on anything. Yeah. So. You know, it's, it's, it's a, as someone who's in fundraising and nonprofits are notoriously bad for doing this. A lot of times in nonprofits, fundraising communications, they're like, Hey, everyone, look what we did. And that is like fundraising uh, faux pas. Number one, like the, the worst offense. Because Wendell Fishing has, I'm not the hero of that story. Like you, you, the listener, you're the hero of this story. And so catching, watching me catch a fish, who cares? I get jazzed and jacked whenever you send me a photo that you caught your personal best from a lore video that you watched. Or, hey, I fell out of my kayak and I know how to get back into it. Or, you know, I... I, this could have been a really sketchy situation, but through some of the safety measures that I had, because some of your videos um, that didn't happen. Thank you. That's the win. The win is never like, Hey, watch Darren grow his channel to a million, million subscribers. I am not the hero of the story. And so sometimes it's really easy in YouTube in the kind of the me centered society that we live in um, to think that is the storyline for, for at least for Wendell fishing. It is not. I don't know what got me on that rabbit trail, but Hey, I'm here. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. I mean, I, like I said on, on your show last night, you know, that was something that I got caught up in was I kind of tried to make myself the hero of the faith and fishing story. And it wasn't until that I kind of 
redirected and figured out, like re refocused on what my why was and kind of re reframed, um, reframed my perspective that, and, and remembered that it, it's not about me. It's about the guest um, and, and sharing their story. And that's my, my favorite thing. We don't really have a lot of people that reach out and say, Hey, your podcast um, like did something for me. What I end up getting back is people who have reached like is the guest telling me that the, that somebody has reached out to them saying, "Hey, your story made a difference in my life," and that um, that's what it's all about uh, for the Faith and Fishing podcast. That's that's what is that's what has has really become special to to me, and that's that's whenever I feel like, yeah, we're we we got it on this one yeah your broken relationships i love it that happened today matter of fact i saw the story on on socials yeah yeah for sure thanks for sharing that i thought that was real rad yeah that was awesome um big shout out to uh j2 country for uh for um sharing that that story with us but yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's go ahead. We're going to break real quick, uh, share a couple sponsors um, or um, thank a couple sponsors. And then we are going to dive into our what's your favorite segment. We do it with every guest um, and it's self-explanatory. We're going to ask you your favorite in a few different categories and we will get it started right after this. If finesse fishing is your comfort zone, something you want to learn better this year or just something you like to tie on as a Hail Mary pass, Jade's Jigs has everything you need and more. And it's all eco-friendly and lead-free. With an awesome selection of baits and colors, they've got a variety of techniques covered for you. Finesse jigs, underspins, Nico weights, Ned rigs, and more are all waiting for you at jaysjigs.com. And while you're there, use promo code FNF10 for 10% off your purchase. That's jaysjigs.com and promo code FNF10 for 10% off. Few things ruin your day on the water as bad as losing gear, but with the retrieval devices for fishing rods, action cams, bow fishing bows, and more from Savior Outdoors, you don't have to let dropping your stuff ruin your day because you can get it back. The pressure sensitive filter keeps water from rain and quick dips in the water out, but it lets water in when your gear goes overboard to release a float attached to your gear by 60 feet of line so you can get it back. Go to SaviorOutdoors.com to learn more and try some for yourself. And use promo code FNFP15 to save 15% on your order. That's SAVURoutdoors.com and promo code FNFP15. All right. So. Um, well, we switched places. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never yeah. seen those saver things before. That was pretty cool. Brilliant oh, idea. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Shout out to, to Corey and, and Savior Outdoors. Uh, they have saved me quite a bit of, of money. I, uh, I, I jokingly <laughs> refer to myself as the, the world's clumsiest kayak angler. Um, so, uh, that's your handle for YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I, I should, uh, I should, I should, if nothing else, I should change my, uh, my Instagram handle to, <laughs> to that. But yeah, so let's dive into what's your favorite. Um, so Robert, you ready? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we'll start out with uh, what's your favorite scripture? Yeah. I mean, I think it comes to Philippians, the, 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 the scripture that everyone loves. Like I can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
And I mean, according to his will, right. And I've seen that the reason I love it so much is because I've seen it with my long distance endurance challenges. Like some of those things were crazy. I told people, when I tell people those ideas, they're like, it can't be done. You can't swim 50.6 across Lake Michigan without stopping period. Don't, don't try it. And so I really had to lean in. You can't run a hundred marathons in a hundred straight days without stopping. So I really had to lean into scriptures like that, where I knew he was there for me. And if he called me to it, then he was going to be able to um, provide the way and make a way for it. So I leaned heavily into that. I leaned heavily into that scripture over the years. Okay, absolutely. What about a story from the Bible? Is there one of those that's your favorite? Oh, oh that's a good one. I'm blanking right now. I like provision stories, right? And so the one I keep on hearing, at least recently, is, I mean, when in Egypt, when the parting of the Red Sea, where it's, it just seems like when the Israelites are there and they turn around, there's army behind them and there's the sea in front of them. And it, I would imagine that the majority of what was going through their mindset is like, I'm doomed over here. I'm doomed over here. I got, I got nothing. And then not, not, not a single one of them was like, Oh, that sea's going to open up. We're just going to walk through it. And so I've seen the Lord work in ways that have been not necessarily the way I wanted it to go, but he has provided and he's made a way. Um, and so stories like that, where he works in kind of miraculous ways and ways and his ways are not, you know, they're way above our ways and kind of leaning into those. And so that's a story I've just been hearing recently. So that's why it came to my mind, but provision stories mean a lot to me. Cool. So we'll switch it up and, and go with some fishing favorites. What is your favorite fish to fish for? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, primarily largemouth. but yeah. although I love catching largemouth, there's nothing like the fight of a river schmolly. Everyone knows that, but above that, there's nothing like the fight of what I'm going to be doing next week on Lake Michigan fishing for King salmon. And so I'm going to be out there. My, my, my wife's uncle owns a salmon fishing boat and he knows how to get on them and get on them fast. And so I'll be reeling hopefully 20, 23, 25 pounders out of Lake Michigan sometime on Monday or Tuesday. So, but that's kind of in that order. Kings, smallies, largies. Okay, absolutely. What about your favorite fish to catch? Um, to catch? I think I probably smallmouth. I just like I, I love I like the creek fishing, kind of they're in the holes, they fight, they could break you off. They just don't swallow it. A lot of times they'll just like like I fish with a lot of live crayfish when we go. I'm going in a couple of weeks and they'll like grab it and you also have to wait like 15 seconds because they'll take it off somewhere. Just basically nip on the end of it. And half the time you set the hook, it's just, you come back up with a half of crayfish. So um, they're just, they're just interesting, but the fight in them is just a blast. An absolute blast. All right, <laughs> so we're going to, Switch to what's your favorite fish to eat? No, oh, uh, I don't eat a lot of fish. 
I mean, maybe 0.02%. Um, <laughs> but I went, I was actually walleye fishing earlier this week. And so I, I like walleye stick by number one, crappie number two, bluegill number three. And maybe once every year, once every two years, and actually smallmouth. And I think they're pretty solid. Especially if you get a clean smallmouth or a catfish from a clear river. I just never take the time to lay them because I barely have enough time to fish with kids. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of going home and Same. cutting them up and eating them. I, I know how to do it. It's just I don't have the time to, to do it. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm someone who, like, I love to eat fish, but my wife does not like to eat fish, and I don't really like to clean fish. So, in the occasion that I, um, that I want to eat fish, I'm just going to go get it from somewhere. Um, like, we have some seafood markets just down the road that if I really want to cook fish, I can just go and and get it there. Um, because, like. I feel silly like going out fishing for crappy and bringing one crappy home to, to flay and cook. <laughs> and we don't have space in the freezer for me to bring home a lot. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't really do that uh, a lot either. Um, but what is, what is your favorite fishing snack? Ooh, um, coffee period. I usually fish. <laughs> so interesting enough, people are like, Dude, I literally had someone write me on YouTube recently. Like, hey, I don't you don't you have a family? How do you get out so much? My alarm is set for five a.m. and I get at least two and a half hours of fishing in before work a couple times a week, and so that's how I get a lot of my fish. And so usually when I fish, it's between five thirty and eight, and so my my snack is coffee. I usually don't usually don't eat a whole lot on my kayak it's just that's, that's it cool. actually i don't eat hardly at all okay. i think of it so so hot or cold oh hot in the morning and do you drink it black no nah, a little bit of cream and sugar sometimes when i go to like the sheets which is our gas station up here in northeast ohio i'll, I'll get like a little bit of the powder cappuccino things as my creamer and then i go fill it up with the coffee and i'm good to go okay um, and whenever you're not drinking sheets coffee, is there a particular, particular brand or roast that you're? Oh yeah. I roast my own. So, oh. oh yeah. So before, as I was starting up the nonprofit, I was talking about, it was called active water. I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan is where I lived and active water was a startup. So I wasn't really, I wasn't getting paid at all. So I worked as a barista for about two years. And really got into roasting. And so now I roast in a big cast iron skillet. I buy the green beans off of Amazon. And um, I get my favorite coffee from Ethiopia, the Yerga Chef. I've actually been to that region because you used to do work in that region when it comes to providing clean water. I literally drove the hills where the men and women are picking the beans and drying them in their front yard. And it has just an incredible berry notes to that coffee. And when you can roast it at home and it's fresh, it's with a little bit of cream, Ethiopian Yerga Chef, if you're looking for a new coffee to roast. Excellent. Roast. Faith fishing and the best coffee beans. Come on now. There you go. Now, what about, uh, as Cam usually asks this question, and he says, you don't have to give us your GPS coordinates or anything like that, but what's your favorite body of water to fish? Uh, it's, it's lakes. 
I, I actually got that question today. This is interesting that you asked this because and I know you're not asking me for where I fish, but this guy kind of was. He's like, where do you fish? And I was like, oh, I share everything I know except that. They're like, oh, you don't have to tell me like your honey hole. Are you on fish brain? I was like, yeah, but they, they share my location. He's like, oh, you mean you can do it where we're going back and forth. You can do it. We can just share the body of water. I was like, that to me is my location. <laughs> That's my honey hole. I'm not, I'm not sharing it. I'm not going on fish brain. This is not happening. Um, I like to keep that confidential. You know, when there's somebody who films, right, all the time, the locals will get pretty upset if you start, you know, saying where you're I can at, catch yeah. fish and I, I, I usually can catch large fish. And so people, you know, when, if they you start showing that a whole lot and if you start showing recognizable places and um, that could be a problem for you. I've seen YouTubers like trucks, their tires get slit and notes and you get yelled at. And so I'm not trying to bring extra attention to myself. If there's something in the background, um, I'll cut it out in editing. And so I really try to keep the places where I fish special because um, they are to me and I want to respect others who maybe that's their lake as well. Cool. Okay. Absolutely. But public lakes 99% of the time. Right. For sure. Okay. So what is your favorite lure to throw? You said we would get to it. And oh, the on. juice let's, recently. Let's get to it. I just posted a video on this. It, it changes, right? But um, I always try to have a unconfidence lure tied on and that lure will not become will not go untied until either i snap it off <laughs> on something or i learn it and master it and for the last two months i've had tied on the yamamoto yamatanuki and if you guys have ever seen that it looks like an upside down bowl it just looks like a bowling pin it's a real heavy plastic weight i mean plastic heavy it's a heavy plastic and full salt like yamamoto is but this thing is incredibly versatile. I am I'm using it and pulling it across pads like a frog, and they're slamming it, um, throwing it on the shore and kind of reeling it out, and they're killing it. I'm just letting it fall next to structure. They're killing it. I mean, everywhere I'm throwing this thing, they are absolutely destroying it. I just did a video on it. It's it's titled the dollar twenty five war that nobody knows about and how to slay bass on it. And it's up to like 3,000 plus views right now. And uh, I'm just absolutely loving the green pumpkin, black fleck, Yamatanuki. Do yourself a favor right now. I was just out this morning. I probably caught 15 fish on it. Um, and so to put 18 on the board a few days before that. And so it gets, it usually gets, you know, the wacky worm, Robert, you may mention last night, you can get a lot of fishing numbers and every once in a while you get a big to, to latch onto it. But you know, by averages, they're, they're dinks 14 inches below. The Amatanuki seems like just to get your mouth around it, things thick. So you're looking typically 13 inch plus. And so like it takes over where the wacky worm lets off. And I feel like the, the strike rate is right around, at least for me, right around where the wacky worm is right now. So Yamatanuki is my jam right now. All right. We'll have to check that out. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's the end of my list of questions. Did I miss one? You're looking at me like I have another question. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Last but not least, what's your favorite time of year to fish? Oh, man. Up here, March. March is my favorite. So, you know, ice off is just like a month before that. But 
I know where the bigs are in March on the lakes that I fish, and they are just feeding like mad. And so I didn't really take advantage of it. I, I found a couple honey holes this past year that I'm going to revisit next year, and they should still be there. But March is my favorite um, just by the, the sheer size of the fish I was able to catch. I think I put over 90 inches on the board. And for Northeast Ohio, not a bad day. That's for, a bad any, month, uh, yeah. for anywhere, that's good. Yeah. For sure. So where you are, um, March would be pre-spawn? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely pre-spawn. I mean, they're just uh, probably a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago. Um, they're still they're coming off the spawn. Most are off now. I mean, they're kind of back into their summer haunts, deep water, shallow water. But I don't know. I see the there. fry everywhere still, um, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know about I don't know about there, but here it seems like everything was a month late this year. So, um, so yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we're going to start wrapping things up, man. Um, kind of let us know, what do you have coming up next? What's coming up next for, for window fishing? Yeah. You know, for the channel, I'm just kind of doing, um, I want to do a lot more fishing kayak reviews. And so I partner with a local uh, falls outdoors around here and I'm going to be, I'm going to have access to kind of the latest and greatest kayaks. So he's going to let me do some demos on it and kind of bring, that kind of angle into the channel a little bit I want to do Very some more nice. lore reviews but really just kayak fishing and i mean hey if you're out there listening and you're like hey your story resonated with me reach out to me i respond to everybody don't reach out to me on tiktok i don't respond to any that in my opinion that garbage platform but if you reach out to me on instagram or youtube or you find my email on youtube reach out to me i love to i love to connect especially if you're listening from around the area Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll tie on some Yama Tanukis and go get some. Awesome. And uh, where can where can listeners find you? Uh, shout out your um, your um, your socials, your, yeah. your YouTube channel, all that good stuff. Website, whatever you've got. Let us know where we can find you. Yeah, and not a lot of, not a lot of people are able to do this today, but it's at Wendell Fishing on all of them. Right. And so got lucky. <laughs> Not a lot of people have my last name or how it's spelled. Um, or you can go to windowfishing.com and it'll take you to my YouTube channel. Um, I'm primarily on Instagram, YouTube. I post on TikTok and I just, I just ditched Twitter because it's, it was stupid. So that's gone. So I'm no longer doing that. But m- my focus though is, is YouTube all the way. I mean, that's if you're trying to make money or trying to go full time in the fishing biz. YouTube's where you do it, not on the other platforms. Okay, absolutely. And I see uh, your epic not sponsored shirt. You guys uh, like that? But, uh, do you have any supporters or anybody you want to give shout outs to, say thank you to, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's those, it's my community members. They're my sponsors. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I was just talking to my wife, the funny thing about this, she got this for me for her birthday, which is just like three days ago. And I, was, I, I thought for a long time, I was like, babe, like, do, do I just go the not sponsor route, right? It'll probably take longer, um, but my sponsors are the community. And I probably won't go that route, but she, she bought me this shirt anyways, because right now I am not sponsored outside of those who watch my videos for my birthday. So people are like, hey, man, I didn't get anything, but I let your videos run on my computer for the last 12 hours. I was like, as a content creator, there's no better gift than that right there. So. Thank you so much. So they get it. They know. 
not to skip the ads because that's what keeps the channel rolling. Heck yeah. Well, Darren, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We have had a blast and uh, thank you for having us on your show. Um, and uh, look forward to uh, to seeing what what is uh, what is in store for window fishing. Um, and yeah, man, wish you all the best. Hey, thank you, Robert, Cam. Uh, thank we'll you. Each other around. I appreciate it. Mr. B Lure Company is making high-quality, handcrafted lures and has been for 30 years, right here in the U.S. Using all-metal components, owner and gamakatsu hooks, and silicone or frog hair skirts, Mr. B is pumping out some awesome spinner baits, jigs, buzz baits, underspins, and more, including some of the most unique bladed jigs on the market. To fill up your tackle box, go to MrBLureCompany.com, that's MrBLureCompany.com, and use promo code FAITHINFISHINPOD1X10 at checkout to save 10% on your first order. That's FAITH the letter N, FISH the letter N, P-O-D, so FAITHINFISHINPOD, just like our Instagram handle, 1X10. Get Outdoors, Pedal and Paddle is one of the largest canoe, kayak, and cycling retailers in the southeast with a huge selection of kayaks, canoes, bikes, and all the accessories needed to experience paddling and cycling comfortably and safely. Get Outdoors helps to expand and educate the paddling community through their free demos held on local lakes in the Greensboro, North Carolina area and through in-store clinics and on-the-water courses and demos. And we'll even get your new boat rigged up for kayak fishing for you. Stop by the shop in Greensboro, North Carolina, or check out shopgetoutdoors.com to be wowed by their selection. Another huge thank you to Darren for coming on the show and sharing his story with us. Um, as always, I will leave his links in the show notes as 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 well as the All Things Faith and Fishing link that has, you know, it's got our sponsor links, it's got our merch store, it's got um, our Omnia Fishing profiles, it's got all that good stuff. And uh, I'll also leave the link to uh, Jackson Orr's Catch Tournament uh, for the end of Ju uh, July. So be sure to sign up for that. Robert, um, your your thoughts on this one, man? Oh, it's a... It's, uh... You know, it's amazing to me um, how fast that um, he's grown his channel. Uh, so there's a lot of good information there, a lot of good tidbits. And, I mean, he's he's killing it right now. It's, it's like you said, he's outworking uh, a lot of people that are trying to do what he's doing. So uh, one thing I did want to mention, I should have done it at the first of the show, but um, – you know, I've started a little side venture kayak fishing spotlight. Uh, so an, uh, another YouTube channel and basically going over um, other kayak fishing uh, YouTube channels and, and almost like a weekly sports center. Uh, I did drop a video that had the new iCast kayaks. But check that out because Wendell Fishing is going to be featured on that coming up uh, in the next week or so. Uh, so you guys can check that out to get more uh more in-depth look at what he does absolutely and definitely go give uh robert a subscribe let him uh let him know that you're you're paying attention and um give him some love but um yeah man uh you want to close us out with prayer on this one yeah let's do it man uh, 
Thank you, Lord, for uh, for this day that you've put in front of us. Thank you for allowing us um, to talk to Darren and uh, and hear about his faith journey. Um, you know, give us the strength to uh, put our faith out there in front of other people and to let our actions and words bring them closer to you and um, keep everybody safe on the water. Uh watch over everybody that's out there, let them return home safely to their family and uh, forgive us of our sins. Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You want to sign us out? Hey man. uh, Thanks for joining us on faith and fishing podcast. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the faith and fishing podcast. Faith and fishing is produced and hosted by Cam Steele and Robert Randolph and is sponsored by Savior Outdoors, Jay's Jigs, Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle, Mr. B. Lure Company, Atolas, and Omnia Fishing. Don't forget to join the Facebook community, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever app you're listening on. That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care, and God bless.